The following podcast is a presentation of the PTB Media Network. What's up, PTB Nation? Welcome back after a little bit of a hiatus. It has been about six, seven weeks or so since you last heard from me. So thank you for listening and thank you for still being subscribed to the show. This is episode 29 of Parking the Bus. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinu. And in this episode, we have a very special topics episode, if you will. Um, Unless you've been living under a rock for the last week, you have heard of the story that is the European Super League, the rise, fall, and demise, if you will, of this league that lived for all of a couple hours. (laughs) 48 to be exact, maybe. Um, Yes, that's right. 12 clubs announcing they were forming their own Super League to replace the Champions League that they would play midweek starting, I believe, as soon as possible was actually what the original original announcement was from Real Madrid President Florentino Perez um, on a late night talk show in, in Spain. He uh, announced this, and he announced that 12 clubs and three more that were yet to be named or would soon be joining were going to form this league and open five spots for invitees. Um, This is a topic that's been talked about for a long time, and, you know, the big clubs have been thinking about this and trying to get this going for a very, very long time. So I have recruited in a, a friend, if you will, I've brought back someone you all will remember who has many times co-hosted this this show with me that's right mr dgens united himself leo kukakis is here and we're going to talk about this european super league this idea we're going to talk about the idea we're going to talk about the you'll hear us talk about how it would have been put into practice or how we speculate it would have been put into practice we're going to talk about the key the key players in this story, uh, most um, specifically or namely Florentino Perez and uh, Fenway Sports Group Liverpool chairman John W. Henry. Uh, we'll talk about them uh, being being based in the United States, both of us, and being based in Boston. Uh, we know a lot about John Henry. We've 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 seen the story of John Henry unfold for over twenty years now. And um, we know a little bit more, so we bring some extra insight. Plus, my guest, he has some insight from uh, from Greece that that nobody has been talking about, and about a a, a team that may have been part of this plan that uh, nobody has mentioned. And he explains why it makes a sense, and it makes sense to me, obviously. Um, so I hope you enjoy this conversation. We kind of we get into some other stuff too. We compare this this 
idea, if you will, of the European Super League to what already exists in European basketball called the the EuroLeague, um, which separated from FIBA, which is the governing body of international basketball, and founded their own league. And the structure and idea behind it is is so similar. Some of the protagonists are the same. That's right. Real Madrid, Football Club Barcelona, they are two of the clubs that were very, very much involved in the founding of basketball's EuroLeague and very much two of the clubs that are steering the ship in the name of this European Super League. But as we unfold through the conversation, you'll see where we start to kind of uncover um, through our own thoughts and through our own conversation who we think may be the mastermind behind it. I hope you'll you'll enjoy this conversation. We also get into some how it relates to American sports. Um, namely, we do talk a little bit about baseball and the similarities and just the connection between the Fenway Sports Group, obviously, um, between baseball and, and between football. We talk a little bit about the NFL, about its, not about the NFL itself, but about its its um, compatibility with the NFL. And we talk a little bit as well about how this impacts, you know, the the view of American owners in this sport. Um, obviously, that that will lead us towards talking about Major League Soccer a little bit, about MLS. It is, it is eerie how some of the same arguments for starting the Super League and some of the changes that those that want to start the Super League want to implement uh, were being argued 26 years ago uh, or more before the the starting of major league soccer so i hope you're gonna like this discussion we do like i said as we always do we get off topic a little bit but i think you'll find it entertaining we even get in (laughs) if you want the last three four minutes uh we we talk about the ufc and about uh about (laughs) last night's ufc event so feel free to end it when we start talking about that if that's not in your wheelhouse if that's not anything you're interested in but i think you'll enjoy uh, this this episode and enjoy our conversation all right so without further ado here's episode 29 um after the short break it's it's myself and leo kukakis talking about european super league and um hope you enjoy and also don't forget um before before i cut to the interview if you haven't already make sure you follow parking the bus podcast in the ptb media network on social media that's on twitter at ptb underscore media on instagram at the same ptb underscore media and please check out our new website it is parking the okay i'll place a link in the show notes and i have an article there that i wrote back on tuesday of last week so that would have been around mar around april the 20th or so it, it was just a day or so after this news broke, after the after the English teams, essentially all of them pulled out of this Super League, uh, you can get my initial reactions there as I, I posted them in writing at that time. So I hope you'll check out that article and check out the website. Okay. And um, sit right tight after this message from the PTV Media Network. You'll have uh, the interview with myself and Leo Kukakis. Sit tight for just a minute and I'll catch you on the other side. UEFA Euro 2020 this summer here on the Park in the Bus podcast. All right, what's up, PTB Nation? Welcome back. It's been a little while. I've been on a little bit of a hiatus, but I am back here 
on the PTV Media Network, and this is Parking the Bus, and we're talking what everyone's talking right now. It is the European Super League. That's the topic today, and I got a very special guest with us today, and uh, you all know him. He's been here before. He, he's got his own room out back in the studio. He, he's got his own cot. <laughs> uh, DGEN's United himself, Leo Kukakis. What is up, brother? What's up, Capitano? How we doing, baby? Oh, we're, li we're, we're living the dream, man. We're living the dream. That's You're right. watching we're a match on your screen. I got a match on, on mine. And we're going to have a conversation while we're each watching different matches. Man, we've done this so many times. The only difference is we're not being paid to actually do this. I don't know what you're talking about. We never did this on the job. Yeah, you're right. We used to. <laughs> we did this pre-pandemic when we didn't even need to sweat it out, dude. Yeah, when we were in cubicles next to each other. <laughs> That's right, throwing notes to each other during the yeah. games. <laughs> uh, so what's good, man? What's how you been? You you're doing some good things over there on uh, Better Than Vegas. That that site seems to be blowing up. That's right, man. Better Than Vegas. We are a site for all degenerates. We got all kinds of sports going on. Uh, whatever your heart desires this morning, Sunday morning, I had seven, I had seven soccer plays. Unfortunately, uh, the first one lost with Juventus. Juanaldo misses what a free header in the eighth minute. Yeah. And that was an unfortunate turn of events. Uh, but yeah, better than uh, Vegas. We're getting bigger. We're getting better. We're, we got a few things up our sleeves. We got a couple major announcements coming in the next couple weeks. Uh, very, very exciting times. If you like to bet on sports, bet on soccer, or you're just looking for some pretty decent analysis, we do a soccer show every Friday. Uh, it's posted to the Twitter at BTV Cash Tickets. It's also on the website, again, better than Vegas. And Capitania, rumor has it you may be joining us next week. I was about soccer. to say, there may be a familiar face dropping in there pretty soon. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Always, always welcome. So what's what's good? What do you what are your thoughts on European Super League? It's it's uh it's the story of the week this week. Um you know, it it completely what's hilarious is here's what went under the radar while this Super League broke. Okay? Jose Mourinho got sacked, nobody even noticed. Yep. <laughs> uh Major League Soccer picked the worst possible weekend to kick off their season because nobody noticed. <laughs> this story completely and this isn't any disrespect to those two stories, but European Super League completely stole the show, completely stole the, the headlines. What was your reaction when you heard that? First, what was your reaction when you heard Florentino Perez went on a B-rate late-night cable show to announce by himself that 12 teams were forming their own league? So my initial reaction was this is the worst thing that could have happened to soccer because I think that we all knew that it was going to result in serious sanctions um, mm -hmm. I also wasn't surprised because, I mean, you had extremely greedy owners. I yeah. also wasn't surprised to hear that John Henry, the owner of the Red Sox, one of the his worst name's, owners. His name's going to come up a lot today, I think. Oh, <laughs> you don't say. Oh, Morris, Morris, nothing. You suck. Okay. <laughs> Go find Jasmine and get her off the freaking team, dude. You suck, Aladdin. Focus. But, uh, focus. <laughs> focus. Uh, man, we haven't done this in a while, dude. we got to get yeah. the rust off. But Super League, uh, not a huge fan of it. It's really just going to ruin things. And especially when FIFA came out and said, if you play in the Super League, you're not allowed to play in the World Cup. I do not want to live in a world where the World Cup is not the biggest competition. And it doesn't right. mean everything. And, you know, that's, a, that's something that sounds familiar to us living here in North America because – Let's face it, the NBA doesn't follow any of FIBA's rules. 
The NHL doesn't follow the international ice hockey, you know, rules. They make their own. They can ban those players all they want. They're going to say, fine, I'll play in the NBA. But the, it's not the same in this sport. You can't ban players from the World Cup, the Euros, the Copa America, any of that. Yeah, I completely agree. So, I mean, from that perspective, it's absolutely terrible. Uh, people kept talking about, well, the other thing was potentially the Premier League, La Liga, kicking the big sides out for joining the Super League. And then yeah. it's like, all right, now we've created an absolute Civil war. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it couldn't be worse. And then the big news was, uh, well, the thing that kind of hit me once they started to announce, ah, we're, we're out of it, 48 hours later. While I despise the majority of these owners, mm-hmm. you can't tell me that they're idiots. They are not stupid no. individuals. No. They knew that they were going to get serious backlash from this. I guarantee you that they consulted a lot of people that probably said the same thing that just about everybody said. So for them to pull the plug on this 48 hours in <laughs> tells me that this was never an actual real thing. This was never going to happen. And, you know, the timing is also very fortunate for, to try to pull one of these off. They pull it off in a pandemic when fans are not in the stadium because mm. there'd have been riots in the stadium, not outside the stadium, if they had tried this with, on a normal normal season. Well, more importantly, um, you know, obviously this created a big-time division between FIFA, UEFA, and these clubs. Uh, first of all, is there any more corrupt organizations than UEFA and FIFA? The answer is no. CONCACAF. I'm going to say CONCACAF has them beat, but you get the point. Okay. It's it's the yeah. people running the game are just – yeah, that was one problem I had is that they somehow – and some people in the media start to make UEFA and FIFA look squeaky clean on this, and it's like, hold on, hold you on. Know, Slow like your roll. The, the four dirtiest organizations, you got FIFA, you got UEFA, you got CONCACAF, and then like the mob. Like that's that's the order right there. Like yeah. mob may very well come in like third or fourth. All right. Yeah. And but, if you throw Comnibal in, the mob's in fifth. <laughs> Basically, all these continental federations are all the same. So I love how my my theory on this is is that they came up with this. They said, "Hey guys, let's try to announce this. There's going to be serious backlash. We're going to make it sound as shitty as possible because what we want to do is we want to announce a new Champions League that we know nobody's going to like. So <laughs> right. we're just going to you guys eat it, all right? We'll make sure that you guys get paid, which they're going to get paid. They're in negotiations right now to mm-hmm. get more money for those top teams. Yeah. And more uh, top so, league teams, yeah, which nobody's so asking for. Yeah, just a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like, here you oh, go, guys. My bad. Oh, Benfica. yeah. Oh, yeah. women, no, 3-0. We're running Thank for the time. It's the Canadian, Chloe Lacasse. Ah, One love. Good old Canadians. Here comes Harry Kane. Harry Kane over the top, ball to sun, and nothing's going to happen as always. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, my, my entire theory here is that there was an agreement between FIFA, UEFA, and these clubs saying wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We're changing up the Champions League. We're going to make it sound like you're going to create this Super League that's going to absolutely suck. So once we announce the new Champions League, people are going to love it. People are going to go crazy for it, or they're just not going to care, which is exactly what happens. I mean, if you're not a diehard uh, soccer fan, you have no idea that they just made new changes to the Champions League. No, most people are unaware. We'll, we'll get uh, If we have time, we'll talk about some of those changes today. Yeah, so I mean, Super League generally uh, bad, but I did hear a massive rumor that my club in Greece, Panathinaiko, was supposed to be the third, uh, 13th team. They were going to be one of the elite teams. Uh, so the theory behind it is that we have been, we have had a Saudi prince, a guy with unlimited amounts of money that has been trying to buy the club for years. 
Um, Olympiakos' owner, the King Sewer Rat, has been blocking him from getting his Greek citizenship to make sure that that sale doesn't go through. Mm -hmm. Um, So essentially, the Super League was going to be the way to get him to own the team because that was the only way that we could afford to buy in because, you know, we just started paying players Mm -hmm. again, which is always Mm -hmm. good. Uh, So... From a selfish perspective, I am officially devastated that this didn't happen. But nothing is not going to go play the likes of Real Madrid, Barcelona, and all the big teams. But I mean, yeah, this thing needed to get put to an end. But I, uh, I have my theories as to why it happened in the first place. So I'm glad you you made that point because on my side, you know, I've been this this idea of a European Super League. I was hearing about this when I was in Portugal 25 years ago as a kid. Like this is something they've been. Cock, you know, trying to to concoct for a long time, and I know for a fact, and I don't care what anyone says, that my club I support right here, as everyone knows, they want to be there. I don't care what the president says. Now the supporters don't want him there, but I have no doubt that this president wants to, everything he has done has been to put the club in a place to be to be asked, <laughs> begged to come in, so that we can go there and get our teeth kicked year after year. Which this is why nobody wants it. We're going to go there to be a punching bag for the Real Madrids and the Barcelonas of the world. However, they, you know, they want to monochrom, uh, monochromatize the, the emblem. They want to be more marketable in China. The only thing we were missing in this announcement was that the games were going to be played in the United States, China, Australia, the Middle East, and all that they weren't even going to play. You know, that's the only thing that the only idea they didn't tell us that that was, you know, of everything every football fan fears. But yeah. You know, your insight into Panathinaikos being possibly in there, and there's a connection because your club was one of the founders of the EuroLeague in basketball. And everybody is comparing this to American sports, the NFL, to to the MLS. NBA. But I think this is a lot closer to the EuroLeague. What do you do you see the, the similarities? Uh yeah, because you know, you still have that license where it's gonna be ten years, you buy exactly. into it, you're automatically in it. Yeah, I mean I get it. Um and it was really funny. We're probably going to get to this later because I know your love for the MLS runs deep. But every problem that I heard, I, yeah. I know what you're saying, Capitan. We've had many This is very MLS-ish, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And it's really funny because every single, like, negative that people have brought up about the MLS uh, – I'm sorry. Every single negative that people brought up about the Super League is every negative that I've been saying about the MLS for years. And myself as well, yeah. It's all about money. It's pro relegation. You got the same teams that are going to be in there every time. You have Mickey in. playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're just oh, it's ab- it's horrible. Yeah, three it's quarters absolutely- of the season means nothing because you just got to get into the playoffs or into the knockout stages, as they'll call it in in the European Super League. Yeah, I mean it's just absolutely insane. People people that love the MLS and love the MLS structure mm-hmm. are the same people that hated the Super League. I mean, I there is, multiple- yeah, I wanted to call that that hypocrisy out on this show too, because there are people that do exactly that. They they call this out as against. I love it, the hashtag against modern football, right? And it's like, well, if if you're against modern football, well, you wouldn't. You know what was before modern football was listening to your team on a radio, and <laughs> having no idea what was going on in any other country other than yours. Okay, so so we can't just be completely against modern football because we sit here in the United States, we can watch any league we want, any time we want, yep. pretty much. We have access to virtually every league on planet Earth. Yep. And that's not possible if it's not modern football and if there isn't all kinds of money invested into TV streaming and distribution deals. 
So, you know, people are real quick to to be all wholesome and romantic about it. And, and I am. I'm all romantic about this sport. This is my sport. This is what I played. This is what I've always been, you know, infatuated with. But there's a real side too, a business side. And these guys were tr they're trying to make money. Let let's be honest. Okay, yeah. American owners don't get into sports to win trophies. They get in to make profit, or they'll get in to win a trophy and then they want to sell and get out, right? So you mentioned John Henry earlier. So let's talk about him. Um, how his the perception of him and and the Fenway Sports Group has changed here in Boston over the last twenty some years, right? They came in, they broke the curse. Right. They beat the Yankees. They won the World Series. They were, you know, they had the city to themselves. They were kings of the city. Fast forward to 2021. No, I don't. I can't find anyone that has anything good to say about them. Um, the you worst. follow baseball closer than I do, but the Red Sox are, you know, in somewhat shambles, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, fans think that they're more <laughs> they're more concentrated on Liverpool. Liverpool supporters hate them now, too. Like hey, John total Henry, miscalculation in my opinion. Henry Lucchino and the rest of the Fenway Group, you're the biggest group of asshats I've ever seen in my life. They have always been about making money, mm -hmm. even with the exactly. Red Sox. They, they didn't buy the Red Sox to win. They bought the Red Sox to make them very valuable. Yeah. In like the biggest statement that they made as the ownership group was when they signed Hanley Ramirez and Pablo Sandoval. Every single baseball person in that room said, you do not sign Pablo Sandoval. He's too fat. He's out of shape. You do not sign him. What does John Henry do? Say, no, nah, it's cool. We're going to sell a bunch of Kung Fu Panda merchandise. I don't mind. We're going to mm -hmm. do it. They sign him to a hundred million deal. Chubba Wubba over there still hasn't put the cheeseburgers down. He's playing over in Atlanta now. He can barely swing the bat. He's so fat. Mm -hmm. He's got his roles getting in the way. Um, and now Liverpool seeing the same thing. People it, keep talking about the renaissance of Liverpool. They haven't put any money into it. It's they just like Liverpool in 2019, 2020 is the Red Sox of 20 of what? 2004. Literally, they, they ended this long drought and these guys were hailed. And, oh, they're the good Americans. We hear that from Liverpool. Yeah, we don't oh. like American owners, but these ones are the good ones. See what they did for Liverpool. And it's been, what, six months? And now, you know, they, they show their true colors. They're trying to make a more profitable they're trying to basically distance the supporters from the club they want to they want that american model of a you know a franchise if you will versus a club which in a club the fans are members and part of whereas in a franchise these fans are, are customers yeah. the europeans are savvy enough to see they don't want to be treated as customers uh, yeah. so i this isn't meant to insult anyone, but I don't think American fans are quite as as nuanced or as savvy about this. I don't think they insult look at them. The, the Americans are idiots. Don't be shy. <laughs> His words, not mine, everybody. <laughs> uh, PTV Media Network does not share in. The, all, all opinions are of the guest himself. And not American the... fans are American fans are oblivious. That's why the MLS sucks. Okay, so, especially soccer. And. and I look at MLS not like a soccer league or a football league. I look at it like a they're trying to be a traditional American league, sports league versus trying to be a football league, right? Uh, trying to trying to be like the other leagues in the world. That's why there's such resistance to promotion relegation. There's such resistance to a single table, you know, uh, because 
you ask me and most reasonable people that are fans of this game, there's too many teams in that league already. Yeah. I think the talent's so watered down. I think if their goal was to get to 32 franchises and then have two levels, good, a 16-team first division, a 16-team second, I think that's great. That's a step. That's not where they're going. They want to look like the NFL or the NBA and have whatever four conferences of eight and, you know, have a giant playoff at the end of the season. That's just the way they see sports being governed, because in America, sports are part of the entertainment industry. In Europe, it's a it's a little different. Sports are part of your identity and who you belong to. It's very tribal in nature and fans just don't allow as you yeah. we saw this week, fans just don't allow their clubs to be hijacked by owners, no matter how much money they put in. Yep, hundred um, percent. I thought the Finn reaction was nuts. I thought it was kind of appropriate insane. too. I thought it, it was, was appropriate too. I was surprised it was so swift and so in such large numbers. You know, considering you know the yeah. pandemic and regulations in Europe are a lot stricter than they are here, for example. Um, you know, we're we're pretty open right now. I would say. Um, there's, there's parts I know in Portugal, there's, they're still not allowed to travel outside their home municipality. There's still travel bans. So, um, <laughs> and they said that it, the fans that showed up at Stamford bridge were only the fans that live close enough to get there because they also have some restrictions in the UK. So it's amazing how many people got out and got out so loudly against this so quickly that they literally <laughs> derailed this idea in 48 hours. It's kind of funny, man, because it's just like, yeah, COVID stopped for this. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's literally. something that, you, like, I feel like we've seen in America where, like, Americans are able to, like, just pause COVID. No problem, everybody. We're yeah, we have this one issue that's a little more important, so we're going to we're gonna pause COVID. Yeah. We'll resume that, when, when it's more comfortable to do so. <laughs> so, like, the Europeans have been so consistent with COVID. Like, nope, we're yeah. going to kill this thing. Nope, everybody's not going anywhere. The second you start screwing with soccer, fuck COVID. We yeah. need to go riot right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so i thought it was great the uh the leeds players coming out with the t-shirts that said earn it with the champions league logo on it which i don't know if anyone notices this anymore but even the name of the champions league is a little bit redundant because how many teams are actually champions that are in the champions league this season maybe seven or eight more importantly how many teams are champions of their league and don't get in hey, that's my point exactly we're letting in the yeah. third and fourth place teams of big leagues and champions are are in the Europa League. So, yeah. I mean, that name isn't even appropriate anymore. When it was founded, it was the champion of each country, and they would play against each other to make an ultra champion. And then, you know, like they're doing now, clubs got said, hmm, how are we going to make more money? How are we going to protect ourselves to stay in this? Oh, I know. We'll have a group stage. We'll have four Italian, English, and Spanish teams instead of one or two. So we can finish fourth and qualify. Even if we have a bad year, we've got that security blanket of that income of the Champions League coming in. And it's it's evolved into what we have today. And I think Florentino Perez, for everything he says that I don't agree with, I do agree that he says the Champions League, especially in the group stage, has become kind of a rerun. It's it's pretty much the same every year. You get the same teams coming out. Once in a while, you get a small team that, that goes through three qualifying rounds and finds their way in and gets a chance to play with the big boys. But for the most part, you're seeing the same teams play each other and it's losing its, its appeal. I mean, how many times have we seen PSG and Bayern Munich play each other at this point? Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally, totally true. Um, kind of what you were just talking about, how they continue to expand, and you know they've brought it down now to third and fourth place teams getting into the Champions League. We have a new competition coming up next year. In the, yes, we do. Uh, in the Conference League. Do you have any quick thoughts on that? Uh, originally, I thought it was – I was hope when I heard there was a third competition coming, I was hoping they were going to revamp the Cup Winners' Cup because I thought that was a cool competition where you get all of the Cup winners or finalists in a Cup competition, but it's not that – um, originally I didn't like it, but then when it was, when I looked at it, what's cool about it is you're getting the teams that would otherwise, that problem is too many teams flow out of the champions league into the Europa league. Okay. So you get the teams that belong there that actually are a legit, if you want to look at it like tiers that are a legit, good second tier European side that are getting bumped out in the group stage when they really shouldn't be. And they're getting bumped out to make room for the third place Champions League teams, which is something I've never agreed with. And um, I actually like it now because what you're going to get is you're going to get a much better Europa League group stage because it's going to be the teams knocked out of the, mostly the teams knocked out of the Champions League preliminaries. And then in the Europa Conference, as they're called, or the Conference League, you're going to get that next tier of teams. I mean, you're going to get teams from countries that don't normally win that I think can really push. And there could be some interest, especially for, you know, the, the football purists, the romantics of the game. You're going to get to see a Slavia Prague or something really make a push at lifting a trophy. It's a legit third division. I mean, is it watered down? Probably. But for teams that are in it, I won't like it if you, you start to see Tottenham in there. I don't want to. I don't want to see Tottenham go win it. I know they haven't won a trophy in forever, or, or you know, for lack of a better, you know, Lazio or something like that. Stay I won for twenty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> on Tottenham. Yeah, right. If they don't win today, that's where they're going. But, um, or is is the is the FL Cup to go to the Conference League? Is that where that automatic berth nope, is going? Europa. Europa. Okay. Europa. I which, right. Which means that sixth place is going to go to the Conference League, and yeah. um. I'm I'm gonna give it a chance. It has potential, but it'll be ruined if you just get the top tier wealthy clubs that just don't perform well that drop down and then win because they're much larger clubs. Well, it's kind of like what we've been talking about. What's the number one motivation? Money. It's the money. It's all about which the money. Which team? Which teams are gonna draw more, Slavia Prague or Tottenham? Oh, I know it's Tottenham. The problem is when yeah. Tottenham, even in the Europa League, they do this. They feel the fully second choice squad they treat it worse than they treat the efl league cup that's the, <laughs> it's literally that the a reserve league for them yes i love i love the idea of more european yeah. football i love yep. the idea of getting the small into it because mm-hmm. again i have nothing there so i mean i'm exactly. watching the game today and i'm hoping that we're able to get a get a result here and maybe get into european soccer next year yeah but in reality i see how teams treat the europa league they mm-hmm. don't care Right. What the hell Very do you think happen with the third division? And the teams that do care are the ones that are going to be playing in the conference league. <laughs> oh, what a save, Hugo. <laughs> Hugo sobered up for today, folks. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i hopeful for that tournament. I'm not wildly optimistic because I think it can be ruined by the circumstance that we just spilled out. But there's potential there if they if they do it right. But does anyone trust UEFA to do it right? Nope. I was just going to say, when <laughs> when's the last time they did anything right? No, also- they ruined the Euros. They ruined the Euros by going to 24 teams. And Whoa. I know... 
Whoa. Hold on. Let me finish my statement. I know that Portugal won the Euros as a third-place team, but I don't believe third-place teams should be advancing in a four-team group. That's okay. You shouldn't that... go into a group stage and only have to win one game. I'm sorry. That I completely agree with. Uh, they should have done the groups differently. They should have, but 24 teams, dude, come on. There's who, a, who okay. Doesn't love more games. Okay, so there's a way to do it. Uh, it's not so much that it's the 24. I guess it's the way that it's. It plays out the rest it's of the, the tournament format. because because yeah. now you have six groups instead of four. And at least the World Cup, when they did it, they were smart enough to go to 32 because they already knew that this six-group format didn't work. You had teams advancing with one win and two losses, which can't happen. So if you, go, been... if you allow more teams and you have eight groups of four, and as long as it's first and second advancing, it's, a, for me, a better product. Even if the game on the pitch isn't as exciting – it's a better flowing tournament because Portugal, honestly, and I'm glad we won, but we benefited greatly from finishing in third and not in first or second because we went on the other side of the bracket. Yeah. And we played Poland and Wales on the way to the final and not, you know, Germany and Italy, for example, or Spain had they beaten Italy. You know, one side of the bracket was stacked and the other side was not. And and you can't tell me that in those dying minutes of that last group stage, when you have a draw and you're in third and you're going to the other side of the bracket, why are you going to go push yourself to, to win the match and go up yeah. and switch sides? You know, it, it just... It's not going to happen. I don't care what anyone says. That's always in your mind. Yeah, of course. I mean, the way that they should have done it was 24 teams, six groups, top two are going to go through. At that point, you got 12 teams. Yeah. Uh, the top four teams, the group winner... Uh, I'm sorry. The, the four six group, group winners, winners, the four group winners with the most points, okay, get a bye, and then the other eight teams are going to play each other. You get four teams that are going to come through, and then at that point, you put them in. You put them yeah. into the quarterfinals. Well, that's kind of what the Europa League is going to look like next year in the Conference League, because of course they didn't do away with what I just said I'm against, which is the third place teams dropping. So in the Europa League, first place teams are going to go to the round of 16, while second place teams are going to play a third place team from the Champions League to get into the round of 16. And the same happens down at the Conference League. You're going to have the group winners advancing to the round of 16. Uh, group runners up waiting for Europa League third place teams. But I don't like that format. But how many teams now are going to have an opportunity to play six or eight more European matches next season? So in that sense, I guess for the small clubs, if they can get themselves there, that is a, a benefit. What day are they going to do the Conference League? I You know, I wondered that myself. I can't imagine. So, if you think about it logically, you would say one competition on Tuesday, one on Wednesday, one on Thursday. I doubt that's what they're going to do. I think so. that Champions League is locked into Tuesday and Wednesday. They've trained us as television viewers that the Champions League is on Tuesday and Wednesday. And television is a big part of this. And you're not – and anyone who's worked in television knows that you cannot – change the time slot on people because a certain percentage does not it goes away they never find you again yeah so they're gonna i i'm pretty sure that they're gonna cram they're gonna cram the europa league and the conference league into thursday altogether is my imagination that's what i assume which yeah i'm i my feeling on it's the same as yours is i mean you're watching on youtube can can see his expression yeah oh man oh that's no fun which I think each each competition should have its night. I yeah, think. I I completely agree with you. Yeah, or just start it off early, even if you want to play the conference league and play them early games. 
Play yeah, you could give them the early time slot. That's not a bad idea either because they do have two time slots that they use. Yeah, that'd be so. Oh, man. Now we got something else to watch. But uh, we, we've strayed a bit. We want <laughs> we've to get strayed back to way them. off. But but good information regardless. Yeah, typically what we do here. Um, Absolutely. What, what was the topic that we were originally going on? We were talking Super League, and we started to talk about the, the comparison to the Euro League. And like you said, so in the Euro League in basketball, teams get a 10-year license, correct? And then other teams are invited in based on how they perform. Is that? Yes. So it'll come in. It's basically like you got the 12 teams that automatically bought themselves in. Yeah. And then at that point, you have certain. Which Real Madrid and Barcelona are two of those teams. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah, so yep, yep, yep. I, this idea didn't just fall from the sky. They've seen it in, in practice. <laughs> yep, and I don't think Liverpool has a basketball team. No, uh, England doesn't use the same – they don't have the same club format where they play all the sports under the same uh, under the same name. Portugal does, yeah, Spain, uh, Turkey, Greece. I think Italy, they have it. different team names for the, for the sports. They, they, they vary just a little bit. They vary a little bit. I think they sell, like, sponsorship – name so they're like the name of a business plus club or whatever yeah it's super weird but uh Mm -hmm. i mean that's kind of where the idea came from and if anybody watches the euro super league it's Mm -hmm. not the worst idea but it does it does pretty much eliminate any type of domestic competition i mean you watch it every year in spain it's real madrid it's barcelona at the top Mm -hmm. and then it's the rest you watch it's olympiacos it's panathinaikos and then it's the rest and that's why they created the super league yeah and then it's the same thing in Russia. You get CSKA Moscow. Mm-hmm. You get um, – it's just the circus, man. And it just – that's a perfect example. Turkey of as what well, we I'm don't... sure. It's Galatasaray, Besiktas, and, and Fenerbahce, right? Yeah. And it's a perfect example of everything that we don't want to happen in soccer. Mm-hmm. Because soccer, while like, yeah, we know Manchester City is going to win the league every year, anything can happen. And yeah. once you go to that format where you're giving the best players to the best teams, it's over. Right. And that's the other thing. I mean, you're giving anyone outside those 20 teams basically no chance of signing anybody. And the other thing that bothered me a lot was one of the big selling points for the Super League that they were trying to sell us on is, oh, well, you know, you'll get like Real Madrid and uh, you'll get Real Madrid, Manchester City every week. You'll get a matchup I, like that. Yeah, we already get that. We already get that. We see, I mean, these quarterfinals, how many times we see repeats of the quarterfinal and semifinals now? How many times has PSG and Barcelona met in the Champions League? Yeah. I mean, exactly. it seems like it happens all the time now. Not just that, but like. You guys are giving us these streaming services where, I mean, I like them and all, but, like, Mm -hmm. there's no – it used to be with Fox here in America. You used to get Fox, Fox Sports 1, and Fox Sports 2. Mm -hmm. You used to know, 245 on Tuesday and Wednesday, you're going to go there. You're going to get the best game on the slate. Right. And then you're going to have the second best game on the slate for FS2. With the streaming services, it kind of feels like it's lost a little bit of its – it feels like there's too many choices now. And, again, it's it's about the money. I mean, the – and this isn't really on today's topic, but one of the things I cover uh, that other podcasts don't necessarily is, is the, the TV rights and the streaming rights. And that was just a, a rate, literal uh, raging uh, bidding war for Serie A television rights. All right. And ultimately, Paramount Plus beat out ESPN Plus. Next year, you're going to see Serie A on Paramount Plus and not on ESPN Plus. Really? Yeah. Which I'm actually kind of excited about because they do. I really like the way Paramount Plus presents their content. And um, they'll be the big league on Paramount Plus other than the Champions League. Goal City. 
There you go. Whereas on ESPN Plus, I think that Serie A felt second rate to the Bundesliga. I think ESPN Plus selected the Bundesliga as their main. And I think that's within good reason because I think the Bundesliga is phenomenal as, as far as a, as a TV property. But so much money is getting thrown into these bidding wars for tele, for streaming rights and television rights. And that's just here in the United States. Now multiply it by how many countries out there. Imagine how many times these leagues are going head-to-head, you know, trying to get these television providers or these streaming providers to fork over the money to buy these television rights. They're expensive. They're ridiculously expensive. And uh, NBC Sports is in is in the hole right now. I don't know if you know this. That network's going away at the end yeah. of this year because they're losing the NHL. And then they're, they're basically, I, from what I understand, if they manage to keep the Premier League, which they're going to have to bid for it, they will be throwing it on USA and on NBC over the air mostly, and then the rest is going to go on your favorite service, Peacock. <laughs> They're going to they'll But this is where we're going. These these games are going to because these rights are so expensive, they can't afford to not attach a paywall to them. Yeah. Um, and like just, you said, what happens is it, it untrains your mind as to when to. It, the Premier League used to be 11 a.m. That was your on Sunday was your key match. 7 a.m. on Saturday, 11 a.m. on Sunday. Those were two of the biggest matches always. And you'd go to Fox Sports World, the Fox Soccer Channel, and you would watch it. And it, it has now they've added the, the, the late, and I'm using the time frame here for Eastern time zone here in the United States. It's obviously a different time in England. But um, now you've added these the night games, which have always belonged to La Liga as far as on television. You know, that... 2.45 Eastern time on a Saturday. That's always been La Liga. And that used to be a shoe-in for El Clasico and for games like that. Now you're finding El Clasico at 7 in the morning here in the United States so that it's on in prime time, you know, in the Far East. It's... And I guess the, the Super League would fix this problem. A lot of people don't care about this, but this is one thing that would be resolved in a Super League because they would set the time frames that they want. And they would obviously get optimum time uh time slots to show this this league because the amount of money that they're, they're they, this thing is backed by jp morgan okay which huge bank yeah anyone who's taken out a loan to go to college here in the united states likely took it out from jp morgan or jp morgan chase um not me but i know not when me. i thought about it that's <laughs> that's what was there okay there was a couple options and that was always the one at the top of that was the first box you could click and how many people just click the first box especially when you're 18 years old and you want to go to college but jp morgan huge and they they were going to pay from what's being reported each super league team a entrance i guess stipend if you will a 4.5 billion us it's a lot of money that JP Morgan is financing. Now they're not printing this money. Obviously, it's coming from somewhere. It's going to come from selling the television rights. Yeah. Which a lot of TV TV providers were backing away from because well, you know, they have contracts with the existing domestic leagues. They're not going to come out and say, "Yeah, let's go Super League." And then all of a sudden the Premier League's like, "Yeah, you know what, NBC, you're gone. We're going to cut yeah. your contract cuz you breached it. You're you're going to a competitor and whatever." So that's why I think you had such a a negative um, a negative backlash, not just from fans, but from the media companies that covered the leagues. They made sure to cover the negative backlash to make sure everyone understands where everyone stands on the Super League. But I think what you would have seen was not just 
a huge TV rights deal. Eventually, Amazon or or DAZN or some, one of these mega you know streaming services would fork over the money if they thought they could get it. But you probably see the league's name going up for sale as well. It'd be the Emirates Super League or the the Etihad or the oh, Turkish yeah. Air, whatever. You you fill in whatever mega business you want. They were gonna put up because that that would become the premier football competition. And what large brand doesn't want their name on that league's name for five or ten years? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they would have made plenty of money off this. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty obvious, but. Um... Yeah, I didn't. Not a huge fan. No, me either. I'm. I'm glad it didn't happen. I. I still, reluctantly, maybe that's not the right word, but I still think it's going to happen at some point. Oh, yeah. In a better, in a better, uh, form, because, or the Champions League is just going to morph into this eventually. They'll these clubs will keep getting what they want to avoid starting this league. And eventually they'll have what they want all within the constraints of the Champions League. You talked about the new Champions League model. You want to talk about that now? Yeah, let's it? do it. All right. So we'll go from 32 to 36 teams. Um, bye-bye group stage as we know it. And here you have an American regular season, don't we? Because you got everybody playing 10 matches against different teams, imbalanced schedule. Um, from what I understand, they were going to rank every team from 1 to 36 based on historical performances. And, of course, Real Madrid is going to support that, that, that format because they're gonna, they, it's going to take 50 years to undo their, you know, they could, they could be in last place for 50 years and still be among the top historical performers. Yep. So, the first, so I'm assuming that one seed would play against, and I don't know, throw out numbers, 8, 12, 16, 20, whatever. They would play their games against all teams pretty below them. So almost guaranteeing their passage to the top eight. Same thing with probably most of the, the, the big, big mega clubs. They'd be protected, and they could almost guarantee their passage through to the, if we want to call it the playoffs, like we call it in America. Because you see now where the model of the new Champions League starts to look very American. Mm-hmm. And uh, more more Italian teams, more French teams, more German teams, more English teams. And I think most people that want change in the Champions League want more teams from more countries, not more of the same. I could be wrong on that, but I think that's what the pure, the football purist wants to see. I think you want to see the historical Stalo Bucharests and the, the Red Star Belgrades and your club, for example, getting back in there. I don't think we need to see, you know, uh, not get in as the fifth or sixth place French team or see Hitafe as the sixth place uh, Spanish team or whoever, you know, I don't think that's what people are looking for in the champions league. They want to see teams earn their place. Yeah. I, I hate the idea of giving a team anything based off their historical performances. It's, it's embarrassing. It's stupid. I mean, what is, I mean, um, I forgot who brought it up. I think it was actually Pep that brought it up. And he said, well, if we're doing this by historical, historical things for the Super League, why isn't Ajax in it? Ajax exactly. Is it four times. 100% accurate. And my response to that is Ajax won in the 70s. I mean, yeah. what? Are, when are we going to, you know, like there's got to be a cutoff here. You can't um, have it course. happen. 
Like what? What's the difference between them winning a title in 1970 and winning a title in 1969? Well, one year yeah. makes a difference now. Right. I mean, I hate this idea of giving them anything. Ranking, it doesn't matter based off any type of historical stuff. I agree. If you base it on the previous season, okay, no problem. I mean, I'm sure that you can come up with an algorithm based on their points, mm-hmm. uh, points that they get in the league you know, rank the leagues that I'm right. And then you can make a coefficient out of it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, based on the strength of the league, you could do more or less what the RPI ranking is in college basketball. Yeah. More or less. Exactly. And anytime they bring up, Oh, we want to put things in for historical value. I hear we want to put in the teams with the most money to make sure we make the most money. I hate the fact that they lie to us and treat us as if we're idiots and say, Oh, it's all about the historical value. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, completely believe you now. And the president of UEFA for, you know, all the corruption that is UEFA made one good point, and he said, if this had been 30 years ago, you wouldn't see PSG, obviously. You wouldn't yeah. see Manchester City. They were they were in, in, in uh, the championship. If 40 years ago, you'd have seen Nottingham Forest in this Super League because they were two-time European champions. You would have seen Aston Villa in the, in the, in the champions in this Super League. You know, you would have seen different clubs on top. Hamburg would be there. Hamburg's in, in Bundesliga two, 2, and they can't even get themselves out of there. They keep falling, and then they find them. Right now, they're in a playoff spot for promotion. They're not going to get past uh, Erta Berlin right now, who is who they would play in the promotion playoff, I don't think, because they're struggling in, in Bundesliga 2. So, yeah. I mean, historical has its place but it's not in deciding who gets to go to this competition because then my club's got to be there all the time too. Because to this day, we still have, we're still in, in the top four finals appearances. We're in the top, you know, top four or five, four. We have more Europa league group stage wins or something like, or something like that than any other club, which is a stat. Nobody wants to have when your aspiration is, is not that, but, and again, PSG has no history. They were founded in 1970. <laughs> like yeah. uh, that would exclude RB Leipzig, for example. They have no history. It I shouldn't mean, matter. What, I mean, I get what they want. Those are big, big clubs and big brands. Yes, if you're, Pep's right that if you go by history, how can you exclude Ajax? But then there's other clubs you could say the same about. It's it's a circus. Um... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the new Champions League, I I hate it. I don't like – I like the group stages, man. I like how it comes down to – I like when it comes down to the last two games. And, you know, I remember we were sitting there a few years ago and we were watching Benfica. Benfica had one point through their first three matches. Yeah. And you're sitting there and you're like, this is is ridiculous. And I remember sitting there and I was doing the math out to try to cheer you up that day. (laughs) And I was like, all they got to do is win these three matches. And, look, these are three winnable matches. And it's like, it's good, but like, you're not going to get that when you're playing and you've lost your first five matches or, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't like the new format. We already have league tables. I want a different format. You want a tournament. You don't want another league. Yeah. You want a cup. I'd be perfectly fine. If you said, you know what, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take, we go NCAA tournament style. We say, I would be a fan of that too. Let's take 64 of the best teams in the world. Home and away. Home and away. And it, that's how it used to be. It used to be the champions would play each other. You had more different teams winning because you could get a AC Milan versus Real Madrid in the first round, and yep. one of them's going out. 
How exciting. Yeah, sure, it doesn't it doesn't fill your pockets, but I, I got to ask you, and I'm, I'm sure I know your answer. Am I supposed to feel bad for Real Madrid that if they don't do this, they don't have the money to get Kylian Mbappe? No. Like, is it's, anyone supposed to be like, oh, you know what? That's right. Go ahead, do this. <laughs> like, it's actually the complete opposite, dude. Like, you that's, get that's great. I'd rather they can't get everybody they want. <laughs> it's not just that, but like, that's one end. Like, oh, if they don't win this and they can't get Mbappe. The other side of it is you could get a team like Bate that gets hot, wins yeah. a bunch of money in this tournament, and then they go get Mbappe. They, exactly. At least in theory, that's possible. Right now, as as, as as tilted in the favor of the big clubs as the Champions League is, if you get into that group stage, you can advance. You have to play for it. But at least you can play your way into the next stages. Under this format, it's virtually impossible for that 36th team to get out of the regular season. It's it's just going to, you know, and we keep talking about, oh, well, this this Champions League is you keep getting reruns and you keep getting mm-hmm. the same teams. And the, the hell you think is going to happen? When same exact thing. Fixing things. They're just going to be get, making that much more money. That's all. They're actually guaranteeing that it continues that way. Exactly, and when we're talking about historical value, and that's how we're going to rank the teams. I mean, you get a you get a team like RB Leipzig, like we're talking about, and you put them or no, they're not going to be. Let's use Bate because they're the first team that yeah, you Bate Barcelona. Yeah, let's say we throw Bar, uh, Bate at the thirty six spot. Say they win the Champions League, how far up are they going to go? All right, they just won the Champions League, or they made a good good run in the mm-hmm. Champions League. By the time that they gain any historical value, it's going to take five years. And, and, I mean, we already have the UEFA coefficient system, which just goes back five years, and that still sucks. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's teams that are in leagues that are hanging on to what happened five years ago that are holding them at a at a certain level of ranking that they don't deserve anymore. I completely agree, man. This is just – they've completely just botched, botched everything again. And, and – uh, you know, you got a club like AC Milan who haven't done anything in a decade. And th- here they are as founders of this league because this is their bailout. They're trying to get out of their situation with this huge payout, this huge, uh, if you want to call it a stimulus package from from, <laughs> from JP Morgan. And they're like, ah, oh, we've resolved all our problems. We'll go to the Super League and all our problems. No, play your way back to where you belong. You know, nobody deserves to be handed anything in sports, in my opinion. And it, nobody, and you know, there's the argument that nobody wants to see Atalanta in the in the Champions League. Yeah, there. I think Atalanta is is disturbing the the powers that be in Italy because they've they've encroached their way into that top four. Where if you're AC Milan, who've been out of there for a while, or if you're Roma, who struggled to stay keep pace with them, or Lazio. It's like, oh, who is this little club, Atalanta, in here, you know, cramping my style? They're, they're getting in the way. They're preventing us from growing and from being – from being, trying to catch Juventus, which Juventus have fallen completely off. But historically speaking, you know, you have the story of, like, an Atalanta that won't happen in, a, in the new format, in my opinion. It just won't happen. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. And it's just like, you know, we, we live in a time where we see everybody kind of get handed stuff. And we all know we all know the politics that go behind the workplace. And like, yes, you have teams that have a lot of money. It doesn't prevent the team with a little bit of money to go in there and fuck things up. Right. Like, and, and 
this used to be the magic of the FA Cup when teams would knock off, you know, the big dogs. You would have yeah. the giant killers. And, you know, that used to happen in the European Cup when the Champions League was the European Cup. You'd have a team from, from Yugoslavia or a team from Romania go and knock out Real Madrid, Ajax, and Juventus and find themselves in the semifinals. Because they earned it. They had that opportunity. But if they have to play in a group with those three teams, they're never going to get out of there. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you, man. This is just – it's a mess. It's a mess. UEFA can't get out of their own way. And I that's mean, why these clubs are trying to form a they're, – they're showing their might by, by either pre- pretending to form this league or really forming this league. Um, your take at the beginning I thought was interesting where you thought maybe it was for show to get what they wanted from UEFA. I think you could be right. You could be on to something. Um, but it, it, like you said, it's a mess. And we – and as I lose my train of thought for a second, uh, we're – to get back to the idea of the Super League and the idea that these 12 teams are, would eventually be 15 that would be locked in, how are they going to decide the other five guests they're going to invite in every year? You're telling me that's going to be performance-based and not politically based? Of course not. It's going to be clubs that do what they want or that support measures they want. And, you will you know, you help me, I help you. That's how everything works in these types of, of setups. Here's my question, though. Why did they limit it to 20 teams? If they were smart, why didn't they just – they should have included more teams. It just said, yeah, look, you'll be able – I wonder what the reaction would have been if they were smart enough to say, screw it, we'll make it 32 teams. Like the that, may be the ne- that may be the next card they play. Who knows? Because I don't think this is – well, you know, Juan Laporta, the president of Barcelona, said that this isn't dead. They make they need to make changes, but it isn't dead. Uh, Florentino Perez of Real Madrid thinks that, you know, everybody just hates them, that they're conspiring against Real Madrid. And he blames the English and, yeah, very, very uh, typical, you know, elitist view that he's not doing anything wrong. But I think he was set up to fail by the other owners, honestly. <laughs> I think they're like, yeah, you, you announce it so that everybody everybody lashes at you. And I think what, <laughs> what, what, you know, the English clubs especially hoped would happen was all the criticism would be at them and they could kind of skirt under under it and let things play out. But, you know, their supporters had other ideas. And of course, I think the German league staying out of the staying out of it for now was 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 also what hurt the idea of the league. But the way the law works in Germany, clubs have to be owned by fifty yeah. percent. So they're never going to sign up for this because it'll never because it's got to be done democratically. It'll never be done. I I can't see a German club's supporters giving their power away to their club to go into this league. And then, you know, they're clearly against it because I think the German supporters maybe are the most purest of all because mm. that's why they have these laws in place and why they have these rules in place. I mean, the German Bundesliga tried to play matches on a mo- on Mondays and the supporters wouldn't allow it. They would not allow it. Like, <laughs> And this is uh-huh. why I like the Bundesliga because they play on Saturday and Sunday when I can watch. That's another uh-huh. reason I like it. Those Bundesliga two matches, though, at 10.30 and 12.30 on yeah. Mondays. Yeah. Those were, uh, we are all very appreciative of those. Of course. You know, especially busy Monday mornings, maybe during the summertime. Yeah. Always appreciated watching those games. <laughs> Thank you so much. Gertha Firth, one of the great teams. They had that little Celtic hey, They're going to come up. They're going to come up. Yeah, yeah I know. They got the little shamrock. They're going to come up. 
but you know the supporters in you know the Werder Bremer season ticket holders season ticket holders excuse me couldn't give a care about you or I getting to watch them on Monday at the office. It's about them being able to be in the stadium, and that's why they don't want these matches on Mondays. Yeah, and you know, and we've seen leagues start to schedule more and more weekday matches now that there's nobody in the stands because it's becoming even more of a TV property. I like I like the weekday matches. I mean, the weekday I, matches I do too. It gives good. me something to to get through the week. Yeah, it's something to watch. It's something that they should be doing pretty much nonstop. The problem, though, I just want to get back to one thing that you were talking about with the Premier League is they – I know that they're owned by NBC and that they're at the mercy of NBC, and we talked about how uh, if NBC do retain the rights, it's going to be USA, NBC, and Peacock. Most can likely. We, can we please just figure out where – like, can we get like scheduled time slots to say 1230 game is going to be on NBC, 10 a.m. is going to be on uh, USA, 7 a.m. is going to be on Peacock. Rather than me sitting here flipping through the channels, plugging in the fire stick, trying to figure out what's going on, yeah. trying to remember the stupid login for Peacock. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like you guys are killing me slowly here. Just pick a time slot. In, I mean, I think that's something that's really hurt lately. I haven't seen the rip, but it feels like it hurts. Like the same people. That I agree with you hundred percent. And I think what they do from what I understand is there's matches. So the premier league schedules the time slot. Okay. So, and then NBC decides where they're going to put each match and there's, they want to put a big team on Peacock because they don't want someone to be able to watch their team play every week without subscribing to Peacock. Mm-hmm. And in the same right, they want to put games on NBC over the air because they need to hit a rating and they need to get advertising dollars. So they try to juggle it. And what happens is, like you said, you don't know where to find these games. If you don't have an app that tells you what channel <laughs> every game is on, you don't know where to find it. And I, I like your idea where this time slot belongs to this entity, this time slot to this one. Oh, 1230 on Sunday. All right. NBC over the air. You know. And. What I've learned is, what's interesting is when you're on NBC over the air, okay, um, NBC, because they are a over-the-air network, they're controlled here in the United States by the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission. So what happens is Sunday mornings, they're, they're required by law to leave time open for public television. That's why you see, like, the local because every NBC has a local affiliate in each city, right? Here we have 10 in, in Boston. Yeah. If you tune in to NBC 10 on Sunday morning, you'll see Urban Connection. or so. I, that's a show I happen to remember the name of. And they're talking about issues in Boston. It's a show that's only coming to our market. So NBC is required by federal communications law to, to leave time open for shows like that, for local programming. For the local affiliate to basically, it's politically minded. It's it's the idea is that it gives local people that are politically active a chance to speak on television without having to pay for airtime. Yeah, it's one of the agreements that was probably signed in 1940 when television was founded, and it's still in place. So that's why you don't see an NBC. So if you get a Manchester Derby, for example. 10 a.m. on a Sunday, you won't see it on NBC over the air. You'll see it on Sportsnet, on NBC Sports, or you'll see it on Peacock or on USA. Um, 
So I guess NBC is stuck with some of these rules, and CBS, NBC, ABC would also fall, and Fox would fall under the same. Maybe not Fox, but the big three would fall under those those restrictions. So that that's why sometimes you can't find a game. Um, but in Saturday mornings on NBC belong to cart. They used to belong to cartoons. I don't know if they still do, but children's pro. They have to allot a certain amount of time for children's programming as well by law. Um, and that's really an unfortunate workaround that that they. But they are NBC. They're they're a huge. They're owned by Comcast. They own Sky Sports. You know, they're a huge conglomerate. They have plenty of influence in the Premier League. I'm sure they could work to get better time slots. But I think, I think that the key time. The key area is Asia and not America. I think America ranks number two in their priorities of television markets. That's my my personal opinion that I'm gathering from, you know, the different because that's I think that's why you see again the 7 a.m. Saturday big matches. You get a North London derby on a Saturday at 7 a.m. in our time slot because it's prime time in Hong Kong and in China and in Japan. Yeah. Makes total sense, dude. It's an absolute mess. It's an absolute disaster. But um, it's one of the problems when your league is no longer a local league. It's a world property. It's everybody watches around the world, and we all live in different time zones. So, yep. Um, it's one of those things that everybody's got to figure out. Um, even even here, even yeah. just in America, you have what four or five different time zones. Oh yeah, I mean, exactly. It's a pain in the neck. If you include Hawaii and Alaska, yeah, you got five time zones. Yeah, it's insanity. You know, it, I was you mentioned the Premier League, and I was going to say I wanted to touch on this before we wrapped up. Is this people are acting like this Super League, like this is the first time anyone's ever tried to break away and start their own league, right? I mean, in American sports, we've seen it historically. We had the AFL in the 1960s that decided to take on the NFL, eventually merged with it. We had, you know, the ABA did the same thing in basketball. And the ABA invented the three-point line, which is now the key thing in basketball. Everybody plays a three-ball game. So this isn't the first time this has happened. Even in, in this sport, in the 90s, the, the Premier League broke away from the Football League. People yeah. forget this because it was so long ago. But the before there was a Premier League, it was Division One, And it was the what we today call the EFL. It was called the Football League Division One. There were 24 teams in it, right? And the way the money was distributed was the money that the, the first division made was trickled down to the second and the third division and then the conferences. Mm -hmm. It all trickled down. You fast forward to the 90s and you got Manchester, same, same club. Amazing how much of this is the same clubs. You got Manchester United, Manchester City, I think. I could be wrong on that, but Liverpool, Manchester United, Everton was one of the clubs that time. Um, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, saying we don't want to share with Division Two and Division Three anymore. Let's form our own league. Let's and they got what happened was they got in business with Sky Sports, which was just launched. Sky Sports says we're gonna, you know, they studied the American model of they studied the NFL specifically. They said we can do that in England with our football. And it's funny because the first year of the Premier League, Sky Sports debuted something called Monday Night Football. <laughs> which at that time was the key NFL match in the United States. They said, we'll put matches on on Monday night in England. It didn't work as well for them, but they basically copied the NFL 
and how they created the Premier League. So they decided instead of 24, we're going to have 20 teams so we can play fewer matches. Back yep. then, they wanted to play fewer matches. And um, they decided they were going to be top-heavy in how money was dispersed. And thus, the Big Six was born. And every year, the Big you know, four of the top six are the same. So over 20 years, we've developed this Big Six that is pretty consistent now because yeah. they've been getting – the majority of the of the money throughout the last what, 25 years or so. I think it was 92, 93. I don't know the exact dates. But, but basically, these clubs have broken away from a league before. And the fans didn't have the same reaction in 1992. They were excited because, well, football was going to go on television. Because back then you had to wait. Your team played, say you're a Manchester City supporter, right? Manchester's in the north. They're playing Southampton down on the south coast. If you can't travel to the game, you got to wait until 11 p.m. to watch match of the day to see 30 seconds of highlights of your team, right? Because to this day in England, you cannot broadcast television. You cannot broadcast any football at 3 p.m. on a Saturday. That time slot's reserved for local football. Um, back then, there was like no football on television outside of the FA Cup. So these teams have a history of breaking away, and I think. There was a case study done by these owners on the formation of the Premier League and where they got the idea. So I think the English teams are pushing more of this than they're letting on. And and Florentino Perez had a quote that, to me, had John Henry's name all over it. Mm-hmm. He said, we are losing the 18 to 24 demographic. We're losing. They don't watch football anymore in its entirety. <laughs> he goes, and then the, nobody cuts him off, and the, they let him keep speaking. And he goes, we should make the games shorter, So, and we should change the rules so there's more goals. Where have we heard this before? <laughs> this was the argument NFL owners that started Major League Soccer oh. made about this sport back in 90-whatever, when they started MLS. What do we hear about in baseball all the time? Games are too long. Our audience. We need the demographic. Yeah. We gotta get a pitch count, you know, a pitch clock so we can speed up the game. The idea of speeding up the games and getting more scoring. Tell me that's not John Henry's influence on Florentino Perez through somebody. You know, I didn't put it together until you just said it. (laughs) Oh my god, they're letting this idiot run the (laughs) I think he's running the whole thing. I I think I've come to that conclusion. And he's smart enough to put Florentino out there in front. So, really fun story about John Henry, by the way. Um, did you notice how he put out that uh, how we put out that video, the apology video? Did you get yeah, a chance to watch I, it? I could only stomach a few a few seconds of it, but yeah. Okay, so I the do know fun the fun story about it was he put out that video before they got before they like left the league. Yeah. Um, and more importantly, if you listen to their video, it sounds like he's almost taking credit for dismembering the league. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. You were quite literally like the eighth team that left. You were the last, last. of the teams that Absolutely. left. He had no choice but to leave at that time. You, Oh, I hate him so it's much. It's like my rivals, Porto, coming out three days later. Like, oh, yeah, we, we definitely rejected the invitation to join. Get out of here. Now yeah. it's very easy to say that because this thing blew up and you don't want to be associated with it. It's really funny because, like, the two teams I thought, like, oh, I'm surprised I didn't hear their names. Porto and Olympiacos. Olympiacos. I know. 
Yeah. The two teams I was waiting for. And then like there Maybe was Maybe they're ru- two of the three. Who knows? <laughs> it was really funny because there was a rumor swirling around that like there was going to be a Greek team in it, and there were some like serious media outlets that were You would uh, automatically assume corruption, that, that, big money. Yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> one of the biggest criminals in all of Europe, one of the great drug dealers of our time. You know, you gotta figure this guy's got a name. He yeah. somehow avoided prison. So we might as well throw this guy in the Super League. Right. And then I, I was so mad when I was listening to it. I was like, I hope this thing gets fucking dismembered. And yeah. then I started to hear the rumblings that it's going to be based on historical value and that the Saudi prince is involved. Yeah, they don't quite fit way, that. <laughs> that this was going to be his way of screwing over Olympiacos. And I was like, I'm in. I'm so <laughs> This thing needs to happen. And literally within two hours of me reading that article and being like, sold, give it to me right now. Let's start it up. Tonight, <laughs> Super League is officially dead. Chelsea is coming out. Everybody starts coming out. And I was literally sitting there. I was like, they literally. Oh, it's a domino effect. They got. They waited for me to get excited before they pulled the plug on this. And also, from what I understand, from what I've heard on the BBC, um, I think this is where I heard Chelsea and Man City were kind of like iffy on it the whole time. That's why they were so quick to get out. Whereas I think, I think we just discovered that if we hadn't were uncovered that I think Liverpool were in from day one. And I think they may, I think Fenway sports group may be the, the brainchild behind how they were going to do this. They may have not came up with the concept, but they may have heard it and said, yeah, we can do that. While we're on topic, uh, Chelsea fans saying that you say football. Oh yeah. (laughs) Blow me. Okay. Just get on all fours, open your mouth and fucking blow me. I hate Chelsea fans so much. You moron. You, you just nuisances. They are all nuisances of human beings. I mean, like three of my closest friends. So since I started working for Better Than Dot Vegas, mm-hmm. um, one of the guys that we work with, he works for Stable Duel. Want to give a shout out to Beho. Mm-hmm. I love you. Went out to Kentucky. Had a great time with you. You tried to kill me. I saw um, those pictures of you at the Kentucky Derby. You're moving up, man. Moving on up like the Jeffersons. Did you, did you see the... <laughs> That's a little inside baseball between the two of us. That's right, my friend. But uh, yeah, so I mean, Beho, love you, dude. Mean it. You, you are the epitome of Chelsea fans. You guys are the most annoying group of fans. Oh, Manchester City spent so much money. Yeah, right. (laughs) What happened when Abramovich bought the club? (laughs) And then he texts me before the FA Cup (laughs) final, and then they're like, "Oh my God, look at this! The B team is out there." I'm like, Werner. Zayek, yeah. I mean, all these guys that you bought in two years. I'm like, who's on the beat? Kepa. Kepa's <laughs> the beat team. Kepa sucks. Oh, the most expensive goalie in the history of, right. uh, of soccer? Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. You guys don't have oh, any. It's everyone else's fault they made a horrible purchase, too, by I the d- way. <laughs> yeah, it's everybody else's fault. You know, it, some people, d- we only get one chance to spend and- $60 million on a goalie. Well, and, and that goes back to talking about Perez talking how this is going to save football because he whose fault is it that they've wasted so much money on players that have not panned out or that they've just overspent they thought they had this endless flow of cash coming in forever uh, sorry a pandemic happened and burst your bubble but that bubble was going to burst sooner or later anyway because the spending was out of control it's the most annoying i mean yeah real madrid fans are obnoxious but they've also won so yeah. it's like, I can be like, okay, cool. You guys won. 
no problem. You're, you're allowed to be nuisances. Barcelona fans, you have Messi, Manchester United. I mean, I guess you clowns can hold on to the fact that you were pretty good on the Not Sir for Island. much longer, though. I mean, that's getting to be really a long time ago, the Manchester United glory days. They're getting pushed yeah. further and further into the past. You're starting to turn into Arsenal, okay, folks? They, very. I agree. I agree. And I used to love Manchester United, but they are literally turning into Arsenal slowly. And I love, but the Chelsea fans, you guys have such a special place in my heart. You <laughs> miserable group of clowns. You belong in the Europa League. And part of me wants to say, I hope Real Madrid dismantles you in the Champions League. No. You know what? I want that pleasure. I'll see you <laughs> idiots in the final. And we're going to, we're literally going to pants you on international television, you bunch of morons. Oh, <laughs> but then here we go with this nonsense. Oh, Pep Guardiola? No. He only, he only wins when he spends a lot of money. Oh, I'm sorry. As opposed to literally every one of Who your does, freaking What managers. top manager doesn't spend a lot of money at this point? Like, <laughs> and we're on, while we're on the topic of managers, and I know I'm going way off topic here, but I've had this built up, and I really don't have a good go. outlet to yell about Chelsea. Go ahead. Let it go. Let it go. suck. You all the PTB suck Nation it. wants to hear it. Go for it. I love how they're all just talking about Thomas Tuchel. Thomas Tuchel, smartest manager. He's phenomenal. The year before that, Frank Lampard. Lampard, smartest yep. manager. That's He's a it. Kid He's whisperer. bringing us back. He's bringing us back. That's it. The captain's back. Literally every single year it is the same fucking story with these people oh that's it oh this last guy let me tell you something there was a problem in the locker room we had to get rid of him this new guy we brought in he's the savior i will take whatever wager anybody wants thomas tuchel does not have a job with chelsea by the end of next year it is the continuous circle it literally never stops you idiots continue to throw out these things that everybody else spends money except for you which in reality is not the truth. I hate to break the news. Look at your starting 11, you morons. They were the first English club to spend ridiculously. They got they were the first to go to be bought by, you know, a foreign a foreign billionaire and just start buying whatever player they wanted. It's it's so obnoxious too because again, we're talking about and then they again, it's just this thing on Manchester City. There's no salary cap. Why is And I hope there never is. <laughs> Why are we knocking teams for spending money? It yeah. shouldn't happen that way. Who freaking cares that they went out and spent money? Do you hear me bitching and complaining that you went out and got Timo Werner for so much money and he hasn't done a thing this year? No, I don't care. Go buy the right players. Go win a freaking title, you bums. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that. I know we're running long, but, you know, does this idea that the salary cap so suddenly evens everything. Of course, we have the advantage of living in America and having American sports where it's like, you know, a prerequisite to have a sport. You have to have a salary cap. There's the same thing in the, the how many teams have won the Super Bowl in the last 10 years? It's it is the stupidest thing. And if there's one thing that we've learned, there's ways around the salary cap. Of course, to make sure that the salary cap does not exist. The NBA is a beautiful example. Of exactly. That. You look at the Los Angeles Lakers. Why in the world do players like to go to L.A.? OK, yeah, the weather's nice. Hate to break the news to everybody. These guys have enough money to go on vacation whenever, whenever they, they want. They please. Okay, it's not that great in L.A. As a matter of fact, it's just a West Coast version of the shithole known as New York. Okay? <laughs> so, I mean, it, it is the most obnoxious thing. Oh, it just drives me nuts. This talk about the salary cap. 
There's no need for a salary cap. If an owner wants to spend money, God they bless find their ways. Spend money. Yeah. Listen, how many times did they just re just change the way they paid Tom Brady to fit the salary cap? It doesn't mean he wasn't getting paid. They yeah. changed the structure of the payments. They didn't or change the, the total. And the, the NBA. NBA. You don't think there was a way for them to get LeBron, Chris Bosh, and D Wade all under max deals? In Miami, exactly. Hello, everybody. Stop the nonsense about the salary cap. Salary caps do not matter. There are ways around it. A beautiful, beautiful thing. I, the one good thing about baseball, I've had. I was going to say this next. Nonsense. I'll let you say it, but I was going to say this. I think I know where you're going. Almost no salary cap in baseball. There's some punishments if you go over. Luxury, luxury tax. tax. That's fine. Perfectly fine with luxury tax. But guess what? You have a team like the Tampa Bay Rays who haven't spent money ever in their franchise's mm-hmm. history because their fans are absolutely atrocious. What but, fans? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the You mean the Red Sox up. fans that go in there when the Yankees are in town and vice versa? The Yankees fans that show up when the Red Sox are in town? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those people, the people that show up to games on occasion. <laughs> but I mean, they're a perfect example of you don't need you don't need to spend money. All no. you need to do is have have some Kansas guys City Royals. Team. Yeah, won a World Those, Series. Yeah, imagine that. It's just like it's just small market, no excuse. And this nonsense in the MLS about the salary cap. You, I you know. Guys are idiots. Well, it's a salary cap, but then you have the designated player rule, and you can trade your designated players allocations and now you have tam and gam you have you know uh you have an acronym you have elemental p you have an acronym for everything in major league soccer thank you for uh bringing up the designated player thing too because (laughs) the mls is the only only league in the world i promise they're the only league in the world who literally dictates Okay, what player can we get over here? Oh, David Beckham's coming. We're not sending him over to Utah. Are you crazy? Well, I was just going yeah. to the galaxy. They literally dictate where the players go. And, and I have some insight on this, players. Leo. I have some insight on this because I, I made some connections in my life in, in this game, and I know somebody that has been on the inside at, at New York Red Bulls and explained this to me once. Okay, because at the time there was a rumor that Xavi could be coming to Major League Soccer. And he explained how that process was going to work. Major League Soccer was going to approach Xavi. And then they were going to come back to the clubs and say, first of all, who can afford him? And then they would say, well, okay, he's Spanish. Let's see. Oh, we got a new team in Miami with a, with a, you know, a large Latin community that's going to know who he is. We can't send him to Minnesota, even though they say they have the money. And they basically figure out what's the best place to, yes, teams can go look for a player, but if essentially the league is going to look at where can we put this player that best, that, that best is best for business for all of us. Yeah. And my problem with the American model of leagues is that it's essentially one entity with franchises, like we say, and basically they all work for the same big brother. And it's it's no different than McDonald's having a McDonald's in Boston, a McDonald's in New York, a McDonald's in Miami. They're all McDonald's. Uh, the only difference is in sports leagues they change what they look like and what they call themselves, but they're the, it's a franchise the same way. And whereas you know the Premier, maybe not the Premier League is a bad example, but in most European leagues the clubs run the league, not the league running the clubs. Yep. 
just a uh, the MLS is an absolute mess. It's a joke the way that they portray everything too, and then there's still no pro relegation system. More than half the teams make the playoffs. Yeah. Bring it into expansions. I love I love this thing that we do with the expansions too. It's it's, well, it's absolutely it, brilliant. We take players from other teams. What? <laughs> Go and, find your own players. It's an international game. There's literally players everywhere. And and we sell you a franchise for what's the cost now? Like three hundred fifty million. Yeah. I mean the the, the cost to, to buy it now to call to buy a a franchise in major league soccer it's astronomical how are you ever going to get that money back my favorite thing though we're going to charge you 350 million to buy the team but you're only allowed to spend three million on salary okay right that's <laughs> exactly it. oh and you can go get one guy that can make 10 million and we won't count it against your cap that's it all right out of the goodness of our heart <laughs> literally you need to have your salary for a hundred years does not it does not amount you're buying you're buying a hundred years this is why expansion what expansion has done is it's kept the league profitable now year after year when in reality tv numbers are going down attendance you know is what it is right now attendance is not a factor because it's out of everyone's control but there's some teams that are doing well and others that are not but everybody is kept afloat with this influx of cash every time they sell a franchise to expansion but at some point that caps itself what are you going to have 62 teams like, you know what? You kind of brought it up right there. Um, one thing that the MLS can't seem to figure out apparently is, hey, um, we're not allowing people in the stadiums, which should translate to higher ratings, but ratings are going down. Exactly. I don't know. Maybe something's wrong with the product. I mean, you have teams like Real Salt Lake. They have literally no chance. That's it. They're cooked. Done. See you later, guys. And that's one of the better that supported were- teams. That's the sad part. They actually have a good, solid fan base who's locked out when of them you- right now. When you have these teams that suck and you do not give their fan bases an actual reason to watch, they're not going to watch. Hey, heads up, this is America. When it comes to, you know, soccer leagues, you don't rank in the top 10, top 15 probably. Um, Not to mention the fact that you're – and then they continually put it against these spots where they're going against the NBA in a big game. They're going on Sunday afternoons against the NFL. How many years, Leo, did they put MLS Cup head-to-head against the SEC championship in football? Uh, Every time it fell on Fox, Fox put it on Saturday night to go head to head with CBS. That's you're just massacring your own product. I mean, they look, you got a bunch of clueless owners, I guess. I I don't have an idea. The MLS, I've officially given up all hope. Their (laughs) game plan is to basically have 24 teams that are all uh, 27 right now, I believe. 27. Screw it. Let's go up to 30. Let's all have 30 teams. We'll water down the pool completely. Let's hope that every team has an average of like 70 out of 100 score wise. Yeah, if you were to rank it, 70. And let's just hope, you know, it's a real big bleep show. We're going to hope for parity. Let's not hope for any of our teams to actually be good. Could also be why we can't win in the CONCACAF Champions League. I I love that competition and I love to talk, but yes, it has a lot to do with it. Because the Mexican teams that want to win go spend what they need to spend. They're not held back by the MLS salary cap. And that's the big reason why they continue to dominate that competition. Incredible concept that if you have money to spend and you want to spend it, you're allowed to spend it. Plus the flaw with that that system, we're way off the topic of European Super League, but the flaw 
it actually because you could see the European Super League completely evolve into this or devolve is the way I would see it. But when you have X amount of dollars to spend, are you going to spend it on a holding midfielder or a central defender? No, you can't sell those jerseys. Nobody's going to yeah. come to see that. No, everybody's got strikers. Every, everybody's got offense. Central, you know, playmakers and strikers. So what happens in CONCACAF Champions League is, one, the Mexican teams particularly, much better balanced. They have much better defenses. They don't have necessarily the big names. You don't see Zlatan playing in the Mexican League. You don't have a name like that. But the back half uh, of the lineup on the MLS teams is, is, is subpar because all the money is spent up front. It's kind of amusing too because you know what the same like goals are good, MLS. right? Goals are good and defense is bad. Yeah, and that's <laughs> why the American national team blows, and that's why the American national team will never win a thing because you look at it up front and we keep hearing, "Well, look at these guys. You got Christian Pulisic, you got Weston McKinney, you got Tyler a bunch Adams. of guys. Yeah, Tyler Adams is real nice. Hey guys, Arena, but they all the same. They play the same. You can only play so many of those guys." I'm okay with that. I have no problem. You can yeah. find places to play those guys. Yeah. Um, hey, here's a quick question for you. Who's the back four? Yeah, that's the that used to be the United States' stronghold. Do you know why? Do you know who's why? the you goalkeeper? Know why the US? <laughs> We've done you. This country Settle has down. completely stopped producing goalkeepers. I need I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, a backup at Man City is not gonna do it. What are you talking about? He's Jack not Stefan? If he were playing every day, sure, what? but he's not. What? He does not play. Is he? Pl- he's probably playing today, right? He did play today. He yeah, play. he he is the he's their league cup goalkeeper. But yeah, he was. A you're gonna go into a World Cup qualifier with a goalie who's a backup on his team. The qualifiers because... are perfectly fine. The actual World Cup, you're in some big time trouble. Well, what happened last time? They didn't make it to the actual World Cup. I mean, it's just. Why didn't they make it to the World Cup? Because they don't have a back four. We and that's just, the problem with the MLS. Everything like, we just MLS. You need out. to stop. You need to stop the nonsense with this salary cap because, like you said, when you have a salary cap, you're gonna go get the guys that are gonna buy uh, that are gonna sell jerseys. The guys that are gonna sell jerseys are gonna be the Beckhams, the Zlatans, the the attacking guys that are gonna have the flair, the Brazilians, all these guys. The Argentines, Ezekiel yeah. Barco, for example. There you go, Joseph Martinez, Joseph Martinez, South America. Um, Diego Rossi at LAFC. That's where they're spending. That's, that's a good use of money because you're bringing in young players that have an upside from other countries. Now, we don't have those kind of players here, but but you need to go get you need guys. a back line. <laughs> yeah, you need a bet. You need defense. I mean, you look at some of these games. I mean, they're embarrassing. They're freaking embarrassing when you watch and you're like, oh my god. I I, I mean, you used to play games at Foley Stadium with better defense than this guy. Then the MLS teams. I mean, it's shout really- out Worcester Mass Foley Stadium. That's, I love that. That's that, right, baby. I love that that stadium. Dude, <laughs> softest softest field ever. I mean, you falling, you enjoy it there. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's embarrassing. You watch the defenses. You watch the game with Seattle uh, Seattle Sounders yesterday in LAFC. You have so much firepower missing for LAFC. You watch the Seattle Sounders. I mean. It, it's terrible. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. The defense and the goalies are meh, not bad. I mean, Stefan Fry's okay. Uh, the yeah, he's not bad. He's all right. But I mean, the, the defense in this is just embarrassing. You're embarrassing your league. This league is a joke. Europeans laugh at this. Mexicans laugh at this. 
I mean, screw yeah. it. Till Canada wakes up and creates their own league, then they'll They've start. They got rising. it. They're they're on the up. They're on the up. Settle down. Simmer down. They're on the up, man. But uh, let's get yeah. this. This is a way off the topic. But if we sat down and started to compare, maybe not the depth, but the eleven, Canada's <laughs> the, that gap went from here to you know it's it's shrinking. Oh but, yeah, if we're talking national team, absolutely. Right. If we're talking uh if we're talking the leagues, no, absolutely. No, no, maybe not the leagues, but the league is the foundation for who will later be the national team players. Yeah, it's it's just the foundation is broken in America. The views are broken in America. I think America was a massive problem with the Super League. And once again, the Europeans showed the Americans this is how you're supposed to do it, ladies and gentlemen. And again, Leo. What's what's so hypocritical is you got FIFA completely, you know, condemning this European Super League. Like two weeks ago, the uh, the FIFA president uh, Johnny Infantino praised the idea of a combined MLS Liga MX Super League, basically, a co- of a merger. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, how do you even combat that? Why? Why? We should we honestly, with that. all due respect, we shouldn't even have Canadian teams in Major League Soccer anymore. They have their own league. The Canadian teams should be in the Canadian league. Correct. You don't see Benfica playing in La Liga, man. No. No matter no. how good they are, Benfica will not play in La Liga. Porto no. doesn't play in La Liga. Real Madrid isn't going to play in the Liga. No, it's not going to happen. Right. It's it just, and then everyone goes back to, oh, you have Welsh teams in the in the English league. Yes, but those Welsh teams. Do not then go to the Champions League as the Welsh champions, the way Canadian teams go to the CONCACAF Championship, the CONCACAF Champions League, not as MLS clubs, but as Canadian champions. Yeah. TFC, Montreal Impact, and and Vancouver Whitecaps are almost guaranteed. One of them will always be in the CONCACAF Champions League. I mean, you know what? Even if they're the three worst teams in Major League Soccer. You know what? While we're going to be combining teams, while we're going to be combining leagues, screw it. Let's have some fun. Let's put the Greek Super League and then the Turkish Super League together. Let's see what happens. The Netherlands and Belgium have are starting that process. I don't know that it'll ever actually happen. Never going to happen. Both leagues now are saying they want to merge. Now, I think it's going to be – if that ever happened, it would be mostly Dutch teams with Anderlecht, uh, Cluj, and – insert one more standard Liège or something, you know, you'd have the big Belgian teams playing in the Dutch league is what it would eventually turn into. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it doesn't make any type of sense. Every country has their own team, has their own league. Yeah. That's it. And you know, you have, uh, I'm trying to think of like a, who's a, I'm trying to think of like a lower, lower country that has the same champion every year, but they still perform well. Well, the Ukraine, you, it's either Dynamo Kiev or it's it's um, Shakhtar Donetsk. Yeah, I mean, you still have these good teams that come out of these small yeah. leagues in like just Slavia because... Prague. I think they they win every year in in the Czech Republic. I mean, Bate, Bate, Bate in the Red Star Belgrade. Yeah, you get these same teams that you know are going to win every single year, and it's like it's not a knock on the team that they play in this league. No, it's up to everybody they're... else to to close the gap. It's a circus, man. It, uh, the you know what basically how long we've we been talking here? we've been talking about, about an, an hour and a half an hour and a half as always we aimed for an hour and we were at an hour and a half <laughs> the theme of this episode of ptb is simply the fact that america tries to ruin everything well this time yes i think you you cannot deflect the blame away from the american influence on this idea i don't think and that doesn't mean every american owner that buys a team is bad but 
they're not doing themselves any favors. Another thing, this week, Leo, in France, Bordeaux went into administration. <laughs> guess who they're owned by? Just guess what nationality their owner is. American. American. And he no, and the American owner no longer wants no longer wants this project. They no longer want to invest in this team. Well, you can't just buy a club and then you know what? This isn't working. First of all, he tried, from what I understand, he tried to change the name of the club <laughs> to make it more marketable. We saw this in, in Hull at Hull City too, when they tried to call it the Hull Tigers. <laughs> So that they could sell the the brand, and the supporters quickly said, "We're not a brand; we're a club." Same thing is happening because Bordeaux's club name is Girondi Bordeaux, and he wanted to remove the Girondi, insert I don't know an animal or something like we do here, and make it an American style name Bordeaux mascot. You know, insert whatever mascot yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there was a revolt. I mean, the guy probably feared his life. But, again, your owner lives on the other side of the ocean, so he's not too afraid of pissing you off, which is what's happened with John Henry. What fear does he have? He's He hasn't been in Anfield in a while. The Glazers haven't been to Old Trafford, I have heard, in like 13 years. The, leak, the roof is leaking. <laughs> the stadium's falling apart, and they don't know that. They don't care. They're just watching the bank account. Part of me kind of is like sad that like I enjoyed the story of Liverpool last year. Part of me was so sad that they ended up winning because they didn't invest any type of money outside of Virgil. I yeah. mean, outside of Virgil and Alisson, they didn't go out and spend any type of money. And it just John Henry walks into another championship and he gets praised as the owner. Yo, you suck, dude. You suck. I hate this guy. But you know what? One thing I do want to bring up is that we have all these guys from the Middle East. Like, perfect example is Manchester City, right? Shake Mansour, yeah. Manchester City is owned by oil companies, pretty yep. much. Guys that own oil companies. We get the most crap for all this stuff. But in reality, those owners have been good for the sport. They're going, they're pumping in a ton of money. They're pumping in money into the lower leagues. They're going, they're making sure that they're getting really, really good teams. They're doing everything by the rules pretty much outside of the FIFA fair play nonsense. I sure. don't want to hear about that trash. Yeah, that, but that's a failed experiment at this point. Yeah. I mean, they're going out, they're spending money. They're not, they're not trying to corrupt the sport. The American owners are literally trying to corrupt the sport. They're trying to take the American influence and put it into the beautiful game. And thankfully, the Europeans are just flat out smarter than the Americans are. When, when it comes like, to no, this, absolutely. Why you always got a hedge? And you, yeah, exactly. That, <laughs> to use your your terminology, your vernacular there. Um, plus, you got you got Paris Saint Germain, who are owned by literally a country, a government of a country. <laughs> They're owned by BN Sports, which is owned. Uh, I hope I don't misspeak here by Qatar, Qatar, however you want to pronounce that country's name. And basically, it is the ruling, you know, the ruling family, if you will, owns, owns, they're basically, they are the political flag for Qatar is PSG right now. Yeah. And it's, you know, I don't think that's good for, for, for the game in the long run, because what's going to happen the problem is what happens when these oligarchs no longer want to put their money into this. They get bored of playing with this toy that is PSG. You know, what's, what's, what are they going to be left in? What kind of state? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, they're just going to one day decide they're not going to spend any more money on it. And you're going to quickly see a, a free fall. Yeah. I mean, it's just, 
Yeah, it's going to be bad at some point. At some point, you're going to see the downfall of some of these big-time teams. Uh, I mean, I still think you're kind of seeing it with Liverpool. Yeah, possibly. They may be I, right back to where they were for all those years of top I don't four, but, it, but not not real contenders. If they if they, They're one or two players leaving away from – not being all that good Champions anymore. League. Yeah, oh. exactly. I mean, seriously, though, you look at it, and it's a perfect example of um, you look at the Virgil injury. The second Van Dyke went out, that team crumbled, and they've been struggling ever since. And I think they're either in fifth or sixth right now. Yeah, they, they've struggled the all year. And the reason why is because Virgil's out. And mm-hmm. Virgil was the one signing. That's yeah. it. The one player that they spent money on, and they knocked it out of the park by spending that money. But in reality, they didn't spend the money that they needed to to get the depth. You know, they cried wolf. They're like, oh, well, we don't have enough money to really pump into it. Hey, here's a newsflash. You guys weren't pumping money into it to start with. This is mm-hmm. just the perfect excuse. And I think that we just see it too many times with the American owners. Yeah, I, it's, it's very interesting. And like I said, I don't think this story is by any means over. <laughs> this, I think the Super League is going to resurface. Um, maybe with more teams. I think your idea of them getting more teams on the board will probably give it more strength. Yeah. Maybe less. You could see them maybe have less English teams. Who knows? Given that the the outrage, maybe they <laughs> replace them. But but the money that English clubs are worth bring collateral to the league. So that's why they want the the English clubs. But yeah, I don't think we're done with this. I think we're done for now. But I think we're going to see this come up again. Or, like I said, I could see the Champions League just turn into this slowly with each little format change and each little rule change, more and more power to these big clubs. And, um, well, I'm I, I, sorry, I don't feel bad for anybody running out of money. <laughs> I mean, nobody feels bad for us. You know what I'm saying? And, like, and by how many the, people by lost their running... businesses this last year? There's nobody crying about it. Speaking of which, tried to find a place in Boston to watch the UFC fights last night. Uh, My top three uh, that I was looking up and I was ready to go to and my usual go-to, all three are closed. Yeah. No problem, everybody. Yep. Uh, That is the reality right now. It's a tough time to be a business owner and, you know. You know, you have these guys in uh, football that are losing, you know, 100 million bucks and they still got a 500 in the bank and they're good. Yeah, they have all these other businesses that are keeping them well above water. (laughs) That's the oh, other part. Thing on the Super League. You have the uh, you have a lot of people that are like, oh, how tone deaf are the owners? No, how smart are the owners? Because as you mentioned earlier in the show, hey, they're, they're not going to bring this up with fans in the stadiums, you baboons. Hello? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're more calculated. They're they're, the only one I think that's tone deaf is, is Perez because he's completely – I think he's he's lost his mind. All right, he's he, a little oblivious. He's a little oblivious, and, you know, he's an older guy, and he – he may be tone deaf, but aside from that, I think the other ones are brilliant because I think he was set up to look like the buffoon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he really was. And then, you know, again, I, you know what? We've trashed John Henry enough. We, we got anything else we're going to hit on today? Um, No, I don't think so. I think we hit it all. Uh, Only took you, us. Go ahead. I would say, what do, you got, what do you got going on right now at BTV? BTV, uh, better than uh, Vegas. You have – Baseball that is in full effect right now. You got basketball that's starting to wind down. Get ready for the playoffs. Uh, we got picks rolling in every day. We have a ton of football stuff going on or soccer stuff going on. So definitely. That's right. On this podcast, it's football. You're good. 
That's right. Uh, go to better than uh, Vegas. As always, I'm hooking up the tennis stuff. Tennis is my main sport. Soccer is my second sport. Doing a soccer show every single Friday night. That is the plan moving forward. Uh, we got that may fix- feature a, a familiar voice. That's most currently night, most wearing Fridays. an Atletico hoodie right now. You know, one of those hey, there's guys. a big game today. <laughs> That's right. Ayupa Atleti. There's a real chance that we might miss it if we don't wrap up. <laughs> and I have said this on this show, and I still am waiting for Atleti to completely crumble. No, they're not going to crumble. Real Madrid's result yesterday uh, gave me a little bit of hope. But this was yeah. a huge lead, and now it's it's going to be a dogfight to the end. No, I think Bar- I don't think Barcelona lose another game, man. They, they still have to play each other. They still yeah, got to play each other one more time. And and you don't trust Barcelona to beat Atleti in that match? Not at all. Really? Not at all. Barcelona is not is not the team that they used to be. I mean, you look at this Barcelona. Oh, I, I don't doubt that, but I I can't. When we get there, we'll we'll talk that we'll talk in detail about that match. Then when we get there. I mean, look at the lineup real quick from yes uh, from today. I should say when they beat uh, Villarreal two one. You got Griezmann, who's been an absolute disaster since showing up at Barcelona. You got Messi, who's older now. You got an American starting at the right back. You got De Jong, who's solid, but he's not great coming forward. You got Pedri, he's fine. He's not that great. Um, Jordi Alba, who's what, 76 by now? Uh, Sergio Bustets, who's 80. Mm-hmm. Then you got uh, Minguiza, you got Piquet, you got Lingale. I mean, this team is just it's not deep. It's not good enough. I don't think that they're going to win. Yeah, but what's their streak at now? Big deal. It's in the 20s, I think. So what? <laughs> there's only seven There's seven or six games left. And I, I just – I don't trust Atleti to finish this out. I, I love Atleti. I want them to, but I don't I, I don't trust it at right now. Well, you know what? We're going to throw it back to the Sunday at the sports book here. <laughs> We're gonna, you, you're going to give me some – we're going to make a bet here? Atletico Madrid to actually win La Liga right yeah, what's, now. Yeah, what's the line right now? Plus 180. Okay. They're plus 180. Barcelona's the favorite at plus 130. Real Madrid is Okay, so the bookies agree with me. Yeah, the bookies are also wrong quite often. I mean, I, can, I understand that, but. You look at Madrid's final few games here. You got Atleti Biblao. They should win that game. They got Elche. You think so? You think it's that easy? Oh, They've yeah, struggled to beat, to beat, you know, the Leganes of the world. Ibar. Well, well, you know what? There is no Jao Felix. There is no uh, Luis no Suarez. No Luis Suarez. So, I mean, I guess no Jimenez. Chance for them to drop some points, but overall. That's, that's all it takes. Right now, it's 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 only takes to drop one point. Yeah, it's still Barca's got the match in hand. What are they, one or two matches in hand right now, Barcelona? I believe it's you one match, and then they're two points. Because they played already, right? But after Atleti plays in an hour, they'll have two matches in hand. Yeah, so, I mean, you got the game today, then you got LTA, then you got the big one against Barcelona and the Camp Nou. Yeah. Uh, then it's Real Sociedad, who they should beat, Oseuna, who they should beat, and then Valladolid, they should also beat. So, I mean, it's pretty much all going to come down to the game against Barcelona. So, uh, maybe Boy, we'll in that game I have, a, I have very little confidence in. But that we'll get there when we get there. Maybe yeah. things will change. Who knows, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys like this enough, we could always do it live. We could always live watch the game. You, you want to know something. If that's on a Sunday afternoon, we could do a live watch along. I We could do a live watch along. I mean, we could get a little setup going where we hang out. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we could we could definitely get something going for that game. Yeah, well, we'll have to look into it for sure. Uh, lastly, I just want to how'd you do on UFC last night? I, I know you sent me your picks, I and I, I haven't even really looked at the results yet. I've been busy today, but 
This is uh, this is was one it of those good... things that you asked me pre-show, so we don't bring it up on. Okay, the show. That, then enough said. You... <laughs> Let's change my question. What did you think of the UFC last night? Oh, what a show! Yeah, what a I've show! Been... I've did heard you get a it chance was... to watch. I have not yet. Um, I I was not going to be able to stay awake, so I didn't fork over the cash. <laughs> what a phenomenal! But I'm sure I'll catch it. Did you see the Did you see the leg break? No. Shut I'll, the I'll fuck have up. To... You Which haven't one? seen the leg break? Wait, in the prelims? No, no, no. When uh, oh, um, Weidman broke his leg, didn't he? I did over here that Weidman broke his leg. You haven't seen it? No, I will have no to way. check that out. All right, you keep talking. I'm gonna find it. We're gonna get your live reaction here for YouTube. Yeah, but then we're gonna get taken down from YouTube because that's copyrighted video. Let's not. Do I'm gonna that. send it to your phone. Don't worry. Oh, about okay. <laughs> I'm not a rookie at getting around the rules. You I know was that. gonna say. Uh, I would nothing I would want less than my soccer podcast coming down for streaming UFC. Can you imagine? <laughs> I just got to make sure I get the right video here. Where the hell is the slow mo? What do we got right now going on at the in the League Cup final? Is, is it no, over? No, it's over. Yeah, it's over. Manchester City won one nothing. One nil. That's that's not that important good, right now. Good thing Tottenham fired Jose, right? I mean, what a terrible, what a terrible idea. I mean, seriously, if you're going to just start this and you're going to get rid of an owner after, uh, let me know when you start watching it too, so we can. Uh, I'm clicking right it. now. But yeah, if you're going to get rid of Mourinho, uh, I'm sorry, if you're going to get rid of Pochettino and then only give Mourinho a year and a half, I mean, you you are just idiots. You really are. I'll probably get into it in another episode, but I, I heard the stat from uh, from BT Sport over in England. In the in the time from the day he arrived at Tottenham to the day he was sacked, he had the fourth best record of all managers in the Premier League. Don't be ridiculous. We can't have that. All right, I'm pulling it up. Ah, okay. All right, I see. <laughs> <laughs> the league is not supposed to do that. Nope, it most certainly is not. Start- that reminds me of Anderson Silva against. Uh, Chris Weidman. <laughs> That's what they were saying. They were like, "Oh my god!" After the, w-. it was disgusting watching yeah. it live. Uh, that is the danger when you go to kicks. I'm sorry. The have you seen the Usman knockout? Not yet. I've read. I I got an alert about it. Of course, ESPN spoil. Like I I try to stay. You know, no spoiler. And then I got ESPN alert. Same thing happened with WrestleMania. Yep. I woke up in the morning and it was like. <laughs> Bianca Belair is the new champion. I'm like, okay, well, I was. I think I spoiled that for you, didn't I? No. Oh, oh, good, good. No, I gave you the heads up. Oh yeah, that's right. But yeah, that uh, every single fight on the main card last night was nothing short of fantastic. Uh, do you want spoiler alerts now that we're on this? No, no, no. I don't know how much of this audience cares about UFC. (laughs) No, I'm talking about you. No, 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 no spoiler. Uh, I'll catch up to it. Dude. Um. You saw I'll catch up. Two gruesome injuries. Yeah. You got two of the most ridiculous knockouts I've seen in a while. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who the hell is the other fight. And then the other fight was just a joke. Don't don't bother watching the uh the Valentina fight. Oh, really? Don't waste <laughs> All right, man. Anything else you want to part with before we call it an episode? Uh no, just a reminder, everybody, get your butts to better than dot Vegas. All right. Better than uh, Vegas, we are your sp- we are sports betting for YouTube, or we're yeah, we're a sports betting version of YouTube. Get on over there. Thanks a lot, YouTube, for letting me plug that. Um, we got these, <laughs> and you may heads. you may see my face on there a little bit, like I said. And I, I got to get one of those one of those uh lids you got there. You want one? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll hook you up, dude. All right. <laughs> we got a sexy hoodie, too. This thing's nice and comfy, dude. Nice, nice. The big boss was just like, yeah, cool. Let's go get some comfy stuff. I was like. It's good to have a good big boss. That's right. <laughs> my right, staff man, doesn't good. have any of that around here. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, <laughs> my, co my coffee table and this oh. chair behind me is my staff, and they, they don't have any of that. Dude, I'm so glad I just caught myself because we would have had to cancel this whole recording. Oh, good, good call. Good call. Good, good job. I All could right. do. I could just have edited it out. I might edit out some of this actually. <laughs> Why? Because it went 110 minutes. Oh, this will be YouTube exclusive. With you know, the podcast will probably be cut down a little bit. But ah, there we go. Good stuff. Good stuff. So All if right. you're watching on YouTube, this UFC material is bonus, and uh... <laughs> that three minutes was bonus. <laughs> All right, Leo. Uh, where can people find you? Other than head on over better, than, better than Vegas. Go check me out on Twitter at DGens underscore United. Also follow the better than Vegas uh, Twitter account at mm -hmm. BTV cash tickets. We do live streams. We talk soccer a lot of the week. Again, soccer specific show on Friday, always entertaining. Usually ends up with me yelling at people, but I mean, that's usually relatively entertaining. Mm -hmm. So definitely tune in. All right. And you make sure you follow the parking, the bus podcast and the, PTB Media Network on Instagram at PTB underscore media on Twitter at the same handle at PTB underscore media and go over to Parking the Bus Network. Sorry, I do this every time. I should have canceled. Go to Parking the Bus Media.com. You can get my original thoughts, my first reaction to this European Super League um, and any other content I put up there. And uh, please go click. I need clicks um, and share the website through your own social media. Of uh, platforms and make sure like i said you follow you follow it on twitter and on instagram and also make sure you follow leo here at dgens united all right thank you everybody i'll be back in the next couple days i've got a lot of stuff coming i've got Concacaf champions league review and preview because we got another rounds kicking off this week copa libertadores match day one kicked off this past weekend this past week excuse me i've got a review of that plus uh we'll probably have a european leagues roundup somewhere in there as well all right, and of course, always follow me at uh, Benfica Mister as well, um, and follow the Mister Benfica podcast because that is my other project, and always looking for clicks and listens there. All right, thank you, everybody. We'll catch you next time here on Parking the Bus, and um, go ahead, Leo, and shout everyone out and send everyone home. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today. It has been an absolute pleasure. We are going to check out, as always, Capitano and DJs. United checking out. We're done for the day. If you guys have been listening to this for two hours, thank you so much. <laughs> See you later, everybody. <laughs>